Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, happy Leap Day to you. I know we only get to celebrate this once every four years, but I'm, exactly. I'm glad we're spending our Leap Day together. Well, you know, that's that's an interesting uh, thought. Just, just think of those folks who are born that's right. on February 29th. They, they may only be like five years old and graduating from college. <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> or five birthdays, I should say. It, it's the secret to the fountain of youth, I think. Uh, yeah, not a, not a bad thing. Well, um, you know, this, this show is devoted to asset protection, and it's devoted to helping people through um, um, many of the issues that face all of us. Uh, and of course, uh, this week um, uh, we've seen uh, blood in the streets. <laughs> uh, as uh, you know, it, it doesn't take a whole lot to remind folks of uh, what occurred on Monday, Black Monday. Uh, and it's not the first Black Monday, nor will it be the last. But it uh, it was uh, a situation. Um, where investors got worried over the weekend, and Monday was the day that we've been predicting for some time. Uh, and the S&P lost over 1,000 points. Uh, so much of the gains, if not all of the gains from last year, were erased in one day. Um, and so uh, I think it's important uh, for folks um, to understand those dynamics and to understand um, uh, what it means for them now, because unfortunately, so many people um, do investing the exact opposite way of what should be done in terms of making money uh, and protecting assets. And of course, uh, uh, I'm a believer in uh, um investments that have some risk but less risk than uh, normal mutual funds uh, and the like. Uh, and um, But I, I do believe being in the markets, but you have to be cautious in terms of how to do it. Um, and um, the, the worst, I mean, it's like this. To make money in the market, it's, it's very simple, simple formula. You buy when the market is low and you sell when the market is high, you know, making profit. Uh, and that's what we want. But, you know, so many investors do it the exact opposite way. They don't want to buy into the market when, uh, unless they feel comfortable. You know, things are good. Well, guess when that is? The times when you feel really comfortable in the market generally means that the market is high. And so it's much more difficult to uh, have a really good uh, profit, although, you know, for the past year, the market's been going up and up and up and up and up. Uh, but the price-to-earnings ratio uh, was way overinflated. In other words, it was, on average, about 1.8 when uh, the norm is 1.0. <laughs> so... Uh, that tells you that stocks were overpriced anyway, uh, regardless of concerns. But, uh, you know, a lot of folks are talking about the concerns with the coronavirus and uh, coronavirus, I should say, and the 
um, uh, the Brexit and um, many of the other, you know, trade uh, wars and other issues going on in, in the, the uh, uh, not only in this country, but worldwide. So the, the, the best advice anyone can give you is when the market drops like it did Monday, uh, this is not the time to sell. This is the time to stay the course. And it's also the time for those folks who have money put aside cash. Uh, it, it actually is, generally speaking, for many folks, a good time to put money into the market as opposed to taking money out of the market. So if you are if you have cash to invest, then buying when there's a significant drop in the market, um, ten ten you're buying low, and there you're giving yourself an opportunity uh, to see those that investment uh, rise up fairly significantly uh, over time. Now, anytime you're dealing with the stock market, you are um, not looking at short term. Uh, gains. Uh, you, you have to have at least, uh, you know, there are day traders out there. And, you know, the truth is most day traders lose their shirt at some point. They may do really well for a year or two, but at some point, uh, most day traders, uh, you know, they bite the, the, <laughs> the you know, they, they lose it all. Not not a great investment strategy as far as I'm concerned. And, and um, although there may be a few out there who, who do well, but it's, it's the um, – most folks cannot do that. And it's just uh, – even the ones who are pretty good at it uh, tend to lose a lot of money at times. So long-term investing is a strategy that we can embrace and, and works. And – so uh, you shouldn't be looking at the stock market as, as a short-term place to be. Now, what are some of the other dynamics uh, relating uh, to Black Monday? Well, you know, there are an awful lot of folks that they sell their stocks and they go into bonds. That's not necessarily the, the greatest idea in the world. I mean, if that makes you feel good, then great, but it's not necessarily going to make you a lot of money because guess what's going on with bonds? You think bonds uh, rates are going up or down because people are jumping into bonds? I'd say they're going down. They are. They're, they're going down. So whatever investments are getting worse, unless you're already into bonds, when interest rates go up, bond, I mean go down, bond prices go up if you're already holding the bonds. But if you're not holding the bonds, you're going to basically buy it at market rates. And that's just the way the bond market works. Well, the other thing that's going on with the uncertainty in the world is what what do you think, uh, Jason? And, and I want folks to know, I have not prompted Jason at all. So these are just out of the blue questions. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask. But I always get nervous when you do this. I know. It's fun for me, though. Uh, so <laughs> Um, with what's going on in the world, do you think that the feds will lower interest rates or raise interest rates or keep them the same? What do you think the most likely scenario will be? I will say stay the same. Well, that's where I would disagree with you. I would say either stay the same or lower rates, uh, you know, because uh, over the last year, the 
the uh, feds have actually looked at raising rates a little bit and and done so. And now they're sort of in the reverse because there's so much concern in the market, right? Right. So uh, what now that uh, does, you know, with bond uh, rates going down, interest rates going down, feds lowering rates, uh, that might be an opportunity. It normally doesn't happen immediately, but within a, a few weeks, sometimes less, Mortgage rates might drop. Okay, so now mortgage rates are already very, very low, some of the lowest rates we've seen. Uh, So if the rates go even lower, then guess what? For those folks who have a higher rate loan, it might be the time to renegotiate, uh, refinance. Or for those folks who've uh, been marginalized out of the market, it might be a time where you can get in the market or buy a little more house or what uh, or whatever. But you know, mortgage when mortgage rates go down, that's uh, that's a nice opportunity uh, for folks. Uh, but it's not going to stay down, yeah. <laughs> you know, because things uh, you have to take the opportunities when they come along. Uh, you know, it's just like uh, the stock market is, in fact, volatile. Anybody who tells you otherwise is fibbing to you, uh, it, and that basically means it's going to have days where it goes up and other days where it's going to go down. Uh, but uh, over time, the markets tend tend to go up fairly nicely over time. So. Uh, that's why it can be a relatively good investment. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. Uh, but, you know, anytime that somebody's looking at an investment, it's nice if you at least have a general understanding of how your investments work. Um, or in the case of the stock market, you have a financial advisor that you uh, feel good about, that you trust, that, and that you can establish a relationship with. Um, so it, it's it's a time that, you know when whenever we have a black money it, it's a time where you should listen to your financial advisor and for the most part you should stay the course uh, so keep the plan that you have in place rather than um, than jumping out because you get scared. Yeah, being reactionary tends to cause more problems than, as you say, Bill, staying the course. We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to remind you, you can find more information about Bill at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website where you can schedule an appointment to speak with him, view his the many services that his practice provides. You can also register free for the March seminars. Bill has two different types of seminars, three total seminars, two discussing uh, long-term benefits for, uh, or uh, long-term care benefits and assistance for those dealing with a long-term care crisis. And you also have your asset protection seminar as well, Bill. And I know a lot uh, of, of discussion with your 
long-term care assistance seminars, we talk a lot about VA benefits, and you have uh, an update on VA benefits that you want to share with us. Absolutely. It's, uh, as, as you know, Jason, I am a veteran. Uh, I love veterans. Uh, I love uh, everything about veterans, and I support uh, veterans in a, in a big way. Uh, veterans are the greatest p- people in this country. <laughs> they have protected our country. Uh, they've signed up. Uh, they're patriots. Uh, veterans are the ones that um, all of uh, us um, depend upon in times of crisis. And uh, they're, they're the ones who stand up, raise their hands, that I'm, I'm ready to, for the call. And... Um, and there should be support. You know, Congress uh, sets up uh, programs for veterans. Uh, they always talk a better game than what they deliver. That's one of the things that's so frustrating to me. Uh, and it is important for folks to know that I am a VA accredited attorney and advisor. And that's important because when it comes to VA benefits, no one other than a VA-credited advisor should be giving advice to veterans. Now, there are some exceptions. In other words, uh, for for groups like the American Legion, Veterans of Foreign Wars, you know, those are veteran groups, and they, they certainly can give advice to uh, other veterans, uh, their members, and the like, and that's important because uh, they're b- much better informed than uh, uh, others, uh, and that's okay. I mean, I'm I'm good with that. But as it relates to just an, a financial advisor or an insurance person out there, uh, or a lawyer for that matter, if they're not a VA accredited advisor, then they should not be giving advice to veterans. Uh, now. In my law firm, all the attorneys are, in fact, VA-accredited advisors. That's that's a that's important to me that that we are, uh, and it is. Um, and well, let me talk about um, some because I get so frustrated. There are many, many, many good people who work at the VA. Many of them are veterans who care about veterans, but unfortunately, many of the policies that are made at the upper levels of the VA uh, are, are made by people, in my opinion, who are uh, anti-veteran or, you know, it's like, what can we do to put programs or policies in place to keep veterans from, from getting uh, the benefits that they, that they deserve? Uh, and, okay, so let's talk about Agent Orange. You know, now almost all of us, if we if we don't have a veteran in our family, we know veterans at our church. We know veterans in our community, our neighbors, and so if what I'm talking about does not apply to you, I have no doubt that there is a friend of yours that you know that it does apply to, because there are an awful lot of Vietnam era veterans. Uh, people who served uh, in Vietnam, and there is a it, now. It took the VA forty damn years to admit culpability and create a program 
to serve veterans who suffered from the results of Agent Orange, which was used everywhere in Vietnam. Uh, and um, But the Agent Orange settlement at this point uh, is a, an excellent program, and any veteran uh, who served in Vietnam uh, should be looking at at the Agent Orange uh, uh, settlement as it relates to them because an awful lot of our veterans who served in Vietnam were, in fact, uh, uh, injured uh, by uh, uh, Agent Orange. And it, it's everywhere, <laughs> if you will. So there, the, the thing, if, if, you're, if you're not aware of it, then look look at it because there are presumptive maladies uh, where if you suffer from one of those maladies uh, and you served in Vietnam, then it is highly likely that you are entitled to a disability benefit from the VA. And that b- disability benefit is a tax-free uh, monthly um, amount of money uh, that can help. Plus, uh, if you're entitled to the what's called an in-service connected disability, then it also allows you to be in the VA health care system. Uh, now, I'm a believer in the VA health care system. A lot of folks uh, now, it, but that's a geographical issue. A lot of it depends on where you are. In this area, in the Raleigh-Durham uh, geographical area, uh, we have one of the best VA healthcare systems available. We have clinics in Raleigh. Uh, we have the hospital in Durham. And the VA hospital in Durham is one of the best in the country, if not the world. I mean, uh, and the VA healthcare system is huge. And it, it is a pain getting into the system. Uh, it take you know it does take effort to get into the system, but once you're in the system, the the care that the VA provides in this area is is pretty good. I mean, it's it's uh, certainly on the same level as the other uh, major uh, healthcare s- systems. And so, for those folks who have a VA disability, and of course, Agent Orange is uh, one of those disabilities that gives you a rating. Uh, and any rating will get you into the uh, VA medical system. If you are at a 50% rating um, of disability, that gives you free medical care with no copays or deductibles from the, the VA medical uh, team. Uh, if you are 70% disabled, then you um, not only get free medical care, but you also get local nursing care. You know, most veterans know that uh, there is a VA nursing center in Fayetteville, another one in Kinston, another one in Salisbury, another one in Asheville. But what they don't know is if they're 70% or above, that they can go to a nursing home in Wake County or Franklin County or Johnston County or pick a county, either any county. The, the VA has contracts with a local nursing home, at least one in every county, so that uh, if you are at that higher rating of disability, 
uh, you can uh, go, uh, and and the VA pays for the care uh, at a local nursing home if you're so unfortunate that you have to go to a nursing home. Wouldn't wish that on anybody, but if you have to, it's nice to know if if you uh, have have served our country and you have in-service connected disability at that 70% or above level, that nursing care is in fact provided for you. Now the VA uh, misses out on, on one level of care uh, that uh, a lot of veterans uh, realize that it's not there, and that is the VA unfortunately does not have anything for assisted living care. Uh, it's unfortunate, but um, uh, it, it does have some level of home care or it can be provided to, for a limited degree, but unfortunately it doesn't last forever, and, and so you just have to understand. Now, uh, I wanted to talk about Agent Orange because there is a new um, program that most folks do not know about. In fact, a lot of folks don't even know about Agent Orange, but... Uh, but I want to make sure uh, because there is a program that uh, entitles the widows of veterans who suffer from Agent Orange a benefit, and that is huge. Now, what's most important in terms of trying to get the information out to people uh, is the fact that it took the government 40 years before they uh, agreed to uh, help veterans who suffered from Agent Orange. Well, guess what? Over those 40 years, a lot of folks died. And so we have a lot of widows out there and widowers where their spouse died from Agent Orange and they never got a penny uh, because the government ignored the fact that they had done what they had done to these these soldiers and airmen and sailors. I mean, it's um, it was a real tragedy. I mean, this is what our government does at, at times, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I have another one to talk about, too, but <laughs> you can tell I get my, get my hair raised on the back of my neck when I do this. But um, it's important that if even if your spouse did not um, – uh, receive a, uh, any kind of Agent Orange settlement because you never applied for one because it didn't exist back then, You, the widow or widower can apply for a benefit now if you can show that uh, the, your, your spouse died of a malady that is related to Agent Orange. And like I said, there, there's a, a ton of presumed maladies. And so if, if your death certificate shows uh, one of those maladies as, as uh, part of the reason uh, as cause of death, then it is highly likely that you can receive a benefit now as the widow or widower uh, of a veteran. Uh, and, of course, this is a continuing thing, and there are a lot of Vietnam veterans who are, in fact, alive today and uh, receiving a disability benefit because they live long enough to receive it. Um, um, but I, I really need people, the help of folks, to, to tell the widows and widowers uh, of folks who may have died of Agent Orange that this is a benefit that they should apply for 
because it could be of significant help, financial help to them now. Um, and so this, this is not uh, a benefit that most, uh, hardly anyone knows about. So I'm trying to get the word out. Um, so let people know. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me how such an impactful benefit you know you would never hear about unless someone as well connected as you is, is sharing that information. So please do spread the word around because that's a tremendous benefit. We need to take a quick break, but we will be back with more. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. He's Bill Alexander, and we thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, Bill, we've touched on a couple of topics so far here this morning. We were just talking about VA benefits and, in particular, an Agent Orange benefit available to veterans and also spouses, uh, widowed spouses. So, mm-hmm. um, again, if you missed that, you may want to go back and check out the podcast either at WPTF.com or at WGALaw.com. We'll, we've mm-hmm. got you covered there. And I know you uh, wanted to add on a little bit more about uh, something going on locally. Uh, well, I do. And, and again, I have to express my frustration at uh, how our government does things at times, particularly when it relates uh, to veterans and, uh, and the like. Um, and uh, one of my frustrations, quite frankly, uh, and disappointments in our government, and of course, I'm a, uh, an attorney who has been on both sides. I've been on the government side, I've been on the private side, and I, and I understand how the government works in litigation. And, and unfortunately, oh, and, and, and it's true in almost every type of litigation, uh, part of the defense of the government is to delay, 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 uh, and to obfuscate. In other words, the government is not necessarily looking for justice. They're looking to not pay you. <laughs> so it's uh, and the government has uh, a, a big checkbook. In other words, they can keep litigation going on for years and years and years. Well, uh, one of the frustrations for me, and I, and I want folks to know, I'm not involved in any of this litigation. I'm just somebody who sits back and sees what's happening to veterans and their families. And as a citizen, I can be frustrated, and fortunately, I have the opportunity to say what I think on this show. (laughs) So now, let's go back to the Vietnam era, where our soldiers uh, and Marines and airmen, and, you know, we we had a huge presence in Vietnam, and uh, we had many of our Marine families living on base at Camp Lejeune. Now, our the, our Marines were not there. They were over in Vietnam or they were around the world wherever they had to be. They weren't really at Camp Lejeune except to come back uh, temporarily before they went off again. But guess what? Their families were living on base uh, at Camp Lejeune. And uh, the problem is this. Camp Lejeune's water has been polluted uh for many, many, many years. And in fact, a lot of our um, 
our, our military bases and posts of, around the world uh, are uh, pollution sites, if you really get down to it. Um, and uh, But Camp Lejeune's, let me put it this way. <laughs> If Camp Lejeune was a corporation run by a private company, our government would have put the CEO in jail for allowing to happen what happened to our Marine families. But But when the government owns it, which is what we have, they have basically refused to help the families because, I mean, let me put it this way. If you drank the water at Camp Lejeune, particularly in the areas where the housing was located, you were drinking chemicals that caused cancer. And they had an extraordinary high percentage of children who developed cancers and died. Um, and it was clear from the water, but uh, and and truthfully, the base uh, or camp commanders were keeping this information highly sensitive information secret, top secret, if you will, so that the families and their soldiers and Marines would not be alarmed that their families were drinking poisoned water and were being harmed. Uh, and this is why if those, if those uh, uh, commanders were CEOs of a company, that's why they would have gone to jail. But instead, those – now, what were the commanders thinking? I mean, most folks would not. Well, the bottom line is they had a limited amount of money in their budget, and they were in a war. They, it was like their priority was putting money towards warfighting capabilities, not – protecting the families drinking the poisoned water at, at the post. So, you know, they, they can think, I did the right thing, but did they? And I think in retrospect, most of us would say, hell no. They should have at least told people not to live there, <laughs> you know, uh, because they knew uh, back then and since then. I mean, this has been going on for decades where this was unknown until relatively recently. Uh, And even since it's been discovered, the government has not come forward, uh, admitted any kind of culpability, or uh, tried to compensate the families that have been harmed. Um, And to me, this is where our government can be way off base uh, in terms of not taking care of our citizens. But this is, to me, worse than not taking care of citizens. This is not taking care of the folks who fight for this country and the families who have to deal with the fact that their loved ones are fighting for this country. And so, again, what we hear from Congress is just hollow words where they're really not taking care of our soldiers and sailors and airmen uh, and our Marines. And it's, uh, you know, it's time that um, this kind of garbage stops and that we get folks who will actually do something for our veterans. It's terribly disappointing and something that we should be going out of our way to, to help these people rather than ignore some of these issues. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason calling here with Bill Alexander. Bill, uh, we're going to be talking about taxes in just a bit, but you are uh, giving our, our listeners a reminder about a couple civic duties. That well, they well it, absolutely. You, you know, for folks who have not voted yet, today is the last day of early voting. So you can either vote today if you haven't voted yet, or you can vote on Tuesday. But you got to vote, and it doesn't matter who you vote for. It's just a matter it's important that we exercise our right to vote. You know, sometimes it, it feels like our vote doesn't count. It doesn't matter. Uh, but it does. It, it makes a difference. Uh, and, uh, you know, we don't have a good history in this country of – Voting in high percentages, I mean, you'd be surprised. There are a lot of other countries that have a much higher percentage of uh, folks who will vote. Uh, and we need to do a better job. And like I say, I don't care who you vote for. Um, I, in fact, I, I, I know right now that – and I'm encouraging my uh, children. I have two boys, and I want, I want to make sure both of them have voted. But I know one of them's not going to vote like I vote. But I still want him to vote. <laughs> so uh, it's important for all of us to exercise our right to vote. So uh, I, I would say it's if you vote today, you'll be in a line that's a lot less long uh, and be more convenient for you to do it today than on Tuesday. So, uh, But it is important for all of us to exercise our right to vote. It's, it's uh, how democracy works at what's – it is what makes America, America, uh, and um, it, it, it is important uh, that we exercise that right. So get out there and vote. Uh, <laughs> now, the other thing that I want to remind folks of that uh, is it, it may be even more important uh, long term than whether you vote today or not or whether you vote on Tuesday. And, I, and I, you already know how I, the fact that I think that voting is very, very important for all of us. And that is that, uh, the, you know, uh, March 1 is right around, you know, we're talking tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, in March, guess what begins? The census. And the census is really important that everyone be counted. Um, and, and so I, I know there's been a lot of uh, turmoil uh, uh, in terms of uh, trying to reduce the count and do all that good stuff. But it is extraordinarily important for, uh, and, and for us to be counted. It makes a huge difference in terms of uh, the money that is received by North Carolina uh, and and this particular area as well in terms of how much money uh, comes back from the federal government because it's based on population. And so the more folks that are counted, the more folks that we have, and uh, then we, we get a, a higher percentage of money that comes back from the federal government. And it's also important in terms of how many congressmen we have in Washington – it's highly likely that if everybody gets counted this year, that we'll get an extra congressman, which gives us uh, more voting power uh, in Congress, uh, and that's really important as well. 
So, uh, yeah, stand up and be counted. Uh, a lot of it's going to be online this year. I haven't seen it. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but I do know that it's going to be available. It, and obviously, if, if, you're, if your family is counted online, that will reduce the cost to the government in terms of going door to door. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, if you have the ability to stand up and be counted uh, and have everybody in your family counted uh, as an online process, that that actually is a good thing if you do that, uh, because over it will, in fact, reduce the cost uh uh, to everybody in terms of uh, how much the census actually costs. But uh, do be aware that to be counted is extremely important to this community and to this state. Uh, so please, uh, please uh, be counted in our, in our census. A lot of good that can be done from participating in the census and as well as getting out and getting your vote out. Yeah, there's one other thing I forgot to mention, and I think most people have probably heard this already, but at, at least in this election cycle in terms of going to vote, you do not have to have an ID to vote. Uh, you have to be registered, <laughs> but you don't have to have an ID. And so that may change in the next election cycle. I mean, and for the next election, I don't know what that will be. Uh, that'll, I guess, depend on what the courts say. But at least for this election cycle, of uh, an ID is not required. So folks need to know that. That's correct. It'll be just like it's always been. Uh, all right, Bill, we've got a couple minutes left here. I know you wanted to touch a little bit on taxes. Tax season is upon us. We've got uh, about a month and a half here to, to get our uh, income taxes done. Well, and, and of course, uh, 2019 is over. Uh, and and so uh, it really, for most folks, it really comes down to uh, do you take the standard deduction or do you itemize? And now uh, the standard deduction uh, is about, tw I believe it's $24,400 for a married couple. So uh, the most families, there'll be very, very few families that actually itemize. Uh, and, of course, a lot of the itemization uh the things that we used to be able to deduct are no longer deductible or they're limited, uh, which is, you know, it, it just pushes more, more and more folks into uh, taking the standard deduction. Now, if you have a business, uh, you, you know, uh, an LLC or a corporation, small business, hobby business, whatever you want to call it, if you have a business – you can those deductions are not limited and and those deductions actually come into your um, your personal income tax uh, return either as a profit or as a loss so I mean you can have a business uh, where you have losses on your personal income tax return as well and I, I the one last thing which I think is really important, for folks, in fact, I had a client in my uh, office um, th uh, just this week, and uh, was was a very charitably minded person, and a, a person who actually um, gifts to charity somewhere in the neighborhood of um, uh, twenty to twenty five thousand dollars a year a significant portion of their income. Well, 
the thing about it is that he had a required minimum distribution of from his retirement account that was larger than how much he was giving to charity. And he was taking his required minimum distribution and then and what it was doing was it was only giving him about a uh, last year two or three thousand dollars in a deduction uh, because of the standard deduction. He had to be above the standard deduction before he got any benefit at all from his uh, charitable giving. And so the the solution was real easy. It was to make his gifts directly from his retirement custodian. That way his charity gets um, 100%. They don't have to pay the tax. And he gets, in essence, uh, not a, he doesn't have to report the income from the required minimum distribution. And so, in essence, I gave him a methodology to save over – last year he paid $4,000 in income tax that he would not have paid at all. He would not have paid a cent if he had simply changed the way he did his charitable deduction. So – if you have required minimum distributions and you are charitably minded, uh, then your first gifts uh, to charity should be from your retirement accounts, at least up to your required minimum distribution if you give that much away. And so if you don't, just give up to the amount that you normally give, but give it to from your, your uh, retirement account and then take the rest. And you will only have to report the balance of your distribution to yourself uh, instead of all of it, which is a huge savings. Yeah, that's uh, some great advice for, as you said, some huge savings, which we're all looking for at tax time. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We're just about out of time here. Bill, you got a parting shot that you want to share with well, us? Just a parting shot. A lot of folks are filing their income tax returns now. And for those folks who are having to pay income tax when you're not used to it, uh, that sort of thing, this is the time that you adjust your withholding from your employer. Because if you're having to pay taxes, you probably need a little more withheld uh, from your income so that you don't get hit hard at tax time. Of course, the same thing can be true if if your uh, refund is too big and you want it reduced. You Again, adjust your withholdings. Now's the time to do it. Yeah, you don't want to be too far on either end of those spectrums that you mentioned there. We are out of time for today. I want to remind you, you can head over to WGA Law. That's Bill's website. You can find more information about him, schedule an appointment, or register for the free seminars coming up on Wednesday, March 11th. WGALaw.com is the website there. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I am Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a wonderful weekend.